privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he's our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God. For he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means.
WCF family, it's so good to have you here tonight on this Wednesday for Wednesday Night Refreshing. We serve an awesome God. I want you to just sit back and relax and put your eyes on Jesus. And times of refreshing are going to flow from His presence. And Lord, we thank you that in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So Lord, we lift up our praise to you. And we thank you for doing what only you can do, Lord. We give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord together. Breath. You 
we love you, Lord. We love who you are and what you've done, what you've accomplished, what you've made possible, what you've set in motion. We love you, Lord, with all of our hearts, all of our soul, all of our strength. We love you with everything that we are. Lord, you're the first and foremost. You're the most important person in our life. We love you, Lord. And we give you thanks and praise. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. Thank you for your goodness, your kindness, and your compassion. Thank you for your faithfulness and your unchanging nature. Thank you, Lord, that we can rely on you no matter what. Not one word of yours will ever fail. And Lord, we thank you that our hearts are filled with your love. You've shed your love abroad in our hearts. And Lord, we give you honor and glory and praise in this place tonight. Our focus is on you. Our attention is on you. Lord, we give you thanks and praise that you're here and you speak to us. Get ready to catch the wave that's coming. I'm opening up the floodgates of my glory and my love and my peace. And I want you to catch that wave. I want you to catch that move. I want you to position yourself so that my glory can sweep over you. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. It's good to be in God's house. Amen. We're glad that you're here. You may have your seats. Praise the Lord. Good evening. Happy Valentine's Day to each one of you. A day of sharing the love of God with one another and our appreciation for each one of you. On behalf of Victor Christian Fellowship, we love you. You are valuable. You are precious. You're priceless. Purchased with the precious blood of Jesus. And we're so glad you're here in the house today and also watching online. I have a few announcements for this week. Woven is happening this Friday for our women ages 12 plus. So you want to come out Friday, February 16th from 6 to 830 for our women's ministry. Saturday is Covenant Fishing Company. You want to meet here at 240 where we'll have some training and sharing, and then we'll go out together and we'll talk to people about Jesus and let them know about Victory Christian Fellowship. So you want to join us for that. And then Sunday is the Men's Book Club, the Outdoorsmen. Yeah. And the Women's Book Club, the Confident You. (laughs) And that happens right after service. So those of you who are here, just hang on, hang out, and we'll be ready for you. If you're coming from somewhere else, around 12:30 we start and we end at two. We serve a lunch, 
And then we also discuss the book. Whether you read the book or not, come and be part of the conversation and the fellowship. All right. And then I'm excited to announce this year's first community prayer, praise and worship night will be held February 28th. That's a Wednesday, February 28th at 6.30 p.m. We'll have community prayer, praise and worship night. So the Lord bless you. Glad to be part of a church that has something for everybody. Tonight's a good night. Are you ready for some fresh manna? Hallelujah. Well, you know, God has a way for you to get to victory. I'm not talking about here. But I'm talking about victory in your life. Victory over every challenge. Victory over every enemy. And uh, God's words are the way to victory. Amen? And uh, the Lord... uh, I woke up this morning at like 3.35, or it was about 3, and uh, I didn't stay up, but I I had to write some things down. And uh, the Lord spoke this to me this morning. I didn't hear an audible voice. I just had an impression. But you know, when you're familiar with the Lord's presence, I I would encourage you to discover how the Lord speaks to you. Amen? Amen. And uh, these are the words. He said, words are the coordinates to your destiny. Words are the coordinates to your destiny. Um, When I was in Illinois, I had forgotten this, but there are parts of our town that still have brick roads. You know, how many has ever seen a brick road or a cobblestone road? Okay, brick, 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 but you put enough bricks together and it creates a pathway. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, words are coordinates to your destiny. Words, you know, your destiny has a location and God wants to get you there. And it's going to be our words that create the pathway for us to get there. Amen. And, uh, you know, we use words every day, don't we? Our Constitution is made up of words. Laws are enacted because of words, right? Uh, You enter into a contract because of words. And uh, words are important. And they are the coordinates to your destiny, all right? Uh, A coordinates, it covers longitude and latitude, and it uh, gets, it covers north, south, east, and west. All right? And um, so we're going to talk about words tonight. Amen? Amen? How many know that we could use a refresher course in some words? There's going to be some refreshing tonight. This is a different approach to using words that God's given you. Amen? Amen. 
or that God's given us. So um, part of my writing down, um, encouraging words give, your, give life to your dreams, to your body, to your future, and to your health and wealth. Encur- everybody say encouraging words. Or you could say positive words. You know, if you join us uh, on a Sunday, you know that we do a confession on a particular subject every quarter. And we're speaking words, right? But those words create pathways to victory, to overcoming, to, uh, you know, champions have a certain language. Amen? You know, champions celebrate victory. They, they, they celebrate skill, right? And, and champions talk a certain way. And God made you a champion. Say, I'm a champion. All right? I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 3. So encouraging words give life to your dreams, your body, your future, your health, and your wealth. If there's somewhere that you want to go in life, you're going to have to create a pathway with your words. You know, before David ever lifted a sword against Goliath, he had a battle against words. The giant said some words, but then David counteracted the giant's words with God's word. Who won? David won. He had to win the war of words first before he could take his sword and cut off his head. Amen? And do you realize no other person was willing to say anything against a giant? In that scenario. I don't know how many people were there, but there were soldiers there. There was the king there. There were other people there. And not one person for 40 days was willing to speak out against what the giant was saying. Because they didn't have the ammo. They, you know, when you, when you don't have ammunition in the gun, it's not going to fire. I mean, it's dry fire. It's not going to do anything. Right? You got to have some ammo. Right? All right. Proverbs 13, verse 2. It says, uh, a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. He that keeps his mouth keeps his life. Oh, wow. I want you to listen with open ears and an open heart tonight. But... uh, But he that opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Okay? The Amplified says, uh, from the fruit of his mouth, a wise man enjoys good. But the desire of the treacherous is for violence. The one who guards his mouth, thinking before he speaks. How many know you, we're not supposed to just say anything that comes to our mind. You know, some people just can't afford to give a piece of their mind. So a man who guards his mouth protects his life. The one who opens his lips wide and chatters without thinking comes to ruin. Okay? So encouraging words, they're going to give life to your dreams. Did you know that God wrote a book about you? That that book contains words. God's words to you says that you can make it. 
God's words to you says that you are more than an overcomer. God's words to you that says you're more than a conqueror. God's words to you, uh, it says that if anything stands in your way, you can move it. Amen? And, uh, you know, everything Jesus did was spoken about him before he did it. Because God is bound by his own word. Okay? Say, the, say words are the coordinates to my destiny. Okay? Um, words are pathways to victory or defeat. All right? Go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And uh, I just was, uh, I just wrote these things down and then I just looked up scriptures that said some of these things. I'm in a little prophetic flow. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 35. Hallelujah. So uh, words are pathways to victory or defeat. Matthew 12, 35 says this. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. How many want to bring forth good things? Well, notice you've got to put some good things in your heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man... Out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. If you want to be, if you want to bring forth good things, you got to bring, be a good man and have good things in your heart. Okay? Then he says, an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Guess what? You bring out what you put in. Alright? But I say unto you, verse 36, that every idle word that men shall speak they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Oh, my. You mean, I, I'll tell you what, someone's keeping account of our words. Someone is listening to our words. It, your words either excite the devil or they excite God. Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. Right? Good things come from good words. Bad things come from bad words. All right, verse 37. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. How does a person get saved? They say some words about Jesus, don't they? Saying words about who Jesus is and what he's done. He, he, he died on the cross. He is Lord. You are saved. Amen. But you have to say those words. And, and uh, if, if salvation comes from speaking words, then anything that God uh, ha- offers to us comes from us from speaking words. Amen? Glory to God. Why? Because words are the coordinates of your destiny. Amen? Uh, God is the source of the absolute best words. God gave us an entire book of good words. What should I say about sickness? I should say, by his stripes I'm healed. What should I say about poverty? The blessing of the Lord makes me rich and he has no sorrow with it. 
I'm, I'm God's beloved, and he desires that I, I be in health and prosper as my soul prospers. Amen? I'm telling you, there's any evil thing in this world, there's a counter, there's a, uh, you can counteract it with the word of God. Hallelujah. Okay? So God is the source of the absolute best words. His words are spirit and life. Jesus said in John 6, 63, he said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Think about that. Well, if his words are spirit and life, what are your words? Hmm? Your words are spirit. They, they have the ability to uh, bring forth things, right? And death and life are where? So we, we're either speaking life or death over our situations or our circumstances. Amen? So uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So God is the source of the absolute best words. All right? God's words are true, right, just, holy, creative, powerful, reliable, life-giving, life-changing, forgiving, and authoritative. God's words are all these things. Okay? Go to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Hebrews 4 and verse 12. And I'll say this again, God's words are true, right, just, holy, creative. Just imagine three words, uh, or two words actually, light be. What happens? It changed the cosmos. Amen? Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Glory to God. He says this, for the word of God is quick. That means it's living. Anytime the Bible uses quick or quickening, it's talk about life-giving or living. Notice the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. You think of the sharpest instrument, God is sharper. It's a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. The Word of God is the only thing that can discern between soul and spirit. And joints and marrow. And notice, it's a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word knows what you're thinking. You can't hide your motive from the Word. It knows. Okay? Why? Because God's word, they're right, just, holy, creative, powerful, reliable, life-giving, life-changing, forgiving, and authoritative. If you question a circumstance in your life, God has the final say. What God says about it is the absolute truth about it. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Jesus stood in front of a tomb that contained his friend, Lazarus, who had been dead now four days. And Jesus asked to go in front of that tomb. 
And Martha was concerned because, you know, Jesus wanted to roll away stone, and Martha's like, well, it smells pretty bad. Right? But Jesus had to say some words in front of a tomb. Why? He had to introduce life to a dead situation. And he stood before that tomb, and he had told the people, he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. You know, God God heard him uh, before he got there. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth. Right? Lazarus, come forth. Three words. What happened? It changed death to life. And that man, Lazarus, don't know why he died, but life entered into him. He came out of that tomb, hallelujah, because of what Jesus, how did Jesus do it? He said it. Everybody say, he said it. I want you to get a hold of the power. And it's not just for Jesus, but it's for us too. Amen? Jesus was so, he was such in line with God. That everything he said was God saying it. He said, I don't, whatever I hear, I say. Whatever I hear my father say, I'm saying. So he was so close with Jesus, right? So that he could speak and every word that he spoke had such power behind it. Amen? If you don't feel like your words are powerful, come on and get closer to Jesus. Amen? Spend a little bit more time in his presence, right? Uh, Just drink in some word. Glory to God, okay? Hallelujah. His words are pure, binding, inspirational, corrective, loving, and directly from God, okay? Go to uh, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. You know, before Jesus was resurrected, you know what he did? He spoke that he was going to be resurrected. His words created a pathway for resurrection. He He already knew it was going to happen. So it gave him the confidence to face death fearlessly. Amen? Yeah, he said you kill this, you, you destroy this temple, and in three days, it's going to be back up and running. Right? He said that more than once before it happened. His words created the pathway. Amen? Because he was speaking God's words. Okay? He wasn't just saying random words. He wasn't speaking out of his feelings or his opinion. He was speaking about what his father had said, what his father had spoken about him. Okay? See, that's the problem. When, when you start speaking out of your feelings and your emotions, there's no power behind that. But there's power when you speak what God said over your situation. You know, wh- wh- why in the Old Testament, it's very clear with the, the prophet Elijah, the Bible says the word of the Lord came unto him saying. And, and the word that came to him told him where to go, what to do, and who to connect with. Right? And it was that word that came to Elijah that sustained him in a famine. Think about that. What sustained Elijah in a famine? The word that came to him. Because the word told him to stay at the brook. The word told him to go to Zarephath. Right? He didn't just say, 
Elijah just didn't wake up one morning and say, I wonder which way I should go. I think I'll just go here. No, he had, the word of the Lord came to him saying, go here. When, when, when God assigns his word to you, he's got provision for you. He's got supply for you. Amen? doesn't matter what the circumstance is. Okay? So John three thirty four, it says this. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. Say, Jesus speaks the words of God. Say, I can speak the words of God. We have to get accustomed to speaking the words of God. Amen? The words of God ought to roll off our lips without thinking about it. That's how full we need to be of the Word and the Spirit. We need to be able to rapid fire the Word. You know, there was a teacher at Ramah. His name was Cooper Beatty. He was an older gentleman, and uh, he looked like a Quaker. And actually, he because he, he taught like uh, church, church history and stuff, but they called him Machine Gun Beatty because it was like rapid-fire scripture. <laughs> you know? And, and that's how we need to be because sometimes you need to, you need to be a machine gun to the enemy. Some guy, sometimes you can't just fire off a single shot. You got to... Right? And, and, but you got to be full with that in order to do that. Okay? So... Jesus spoke the words of God, and he gave him not the spirit by measure unto him. So Jesus spoke the words of God, and he had unlimited spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, no one person has the spirit without measure, but the body of Christ as a whole does. Amen? Jesus is the head, and he gave his body the spirit without measure. Not, not just one individual, but the body as a whole. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Okay. So, um, God's words lead you in light. They provide your needs. They reveal truth. They, uh, lift, your, they lift you out of depression. It crushes hardness. God's word delivers strength. It gives hope and right direction. Hallelujah. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How do you know which path to be on? Because there's a light that illuminates it. How do planes know which runway to land on? Because there's lights that illuminate it. They could land a plane at night because the, the pathway is lit up. God lights up the right path for you. Amen? Because his word is a lamp to, his, to your feet and a light to your path. And the entrance of his word gives light. Psalm 119, 130. So when God's word enters you, light enters you. It's like fireworks. The word comes in and goes boom, 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 boom. Fireworks. Light enters you. 
Why? Because he wants you to be in the light. Amen? His words, God's words, are sure, secure, hopeful, and loving. God's words are sure, secure, hopeful, and loving. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 22. 2 Samuel chapter 22. Glory to God. I'm just giving you the hors d'oeuvres right now. 2 Samuel 22 and verse 31. Mm -mm -mm. Think of your favorite meal and you're getting it tonight spiritually. You're going to leave here tonight going, "Mm -mm -mm, that was good. 2 Samuel 22 verse 31. As for God, his way is perfect. Say, God's way is perfect. So when God leads you in a way, it's the perfect way. It's the right way. Okay? So God's way is perfect. Jesus said, I am the way, so he is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. It's been tested and proven. Can't get rid of it. Can't stop it from going forth. They tried and didn't succeed. It's going on and it's going on and it's going on. Because God's word is forever settled in heaven. His word is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. That's a shield. Not a butler, but a buckler. (laughs) He's a shield, but you got to trust in him. Amen? And to trust him, you got to know him. All right? The word is flawless. There, there's no error in it. There's, there's no confusion in it. God is not the author of confusion. Okay? Hallelujah. All right? His words make what's invisible visible. Everything is held up or brought down by his words. Go to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse... uh, well, we'll look at verse, uh, verses 1 to 3. Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 3. God, who at sundry times and different uh, manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Okay? And he recorded some, he had prophets write books. And God spoke to people through prophets. But he has in these last days... Spoken to us by his son. Let me ask you something. What was Jesus before he was Jesus? He was the word. So before he became Jesus, he was the word. That's why everything God put everything in Jesus because he put everything in his word. Amen? Okay. So... He has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, 
by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. Woo! Glory to God. The word is holding up all things with power. And there's no power shortage. There's no outage in heaven. Hallelujah. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Glory to God. All right, now go to chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. Hebrews 11 verse 3. See, when I'm talking about words, I'm not just saying speaking any words, but speaking God's words. All right, Hebrews 11 3. Through faith, we understand the worlds were framed by what? By the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. How did they get from the unseen to the seen? They had to be spoken. Light was always there. But in the beginning... See, why was light always there? Because God is light. But in the beginning, see, the earth, he looked and he saw darkness. So he didn't magnify the darkness. He introduced something different, light. And light came into being when he spoke it. And when he spoke it, the darkness fled and the light started to shine. Amen? So God changed the circumstance by what he said. Using certain words that he said introduced something new. It changed the atmosphere. It changed the environment. It changed the circumstance. You want to change your physical being? Uh, your, your physical uh, physique? Start speaking life words. Start speaking strong words. Start speaking health words. You want to change your finances? Start speaking blessing words. Start speaking prosperity words. Amen? Amen. You know, I've never had the pleasure of taking a cruise. Because uh just never have. But I find it amazing that you could have like a seven or nine story boat, right? Things are, an ocean liner is huge. But you know, the thing that steers that ocean liner is small in comparison to the rest of the boat. But that little thing called a rudder will set the direction for that cruise ship. Just that little rudder, it's small in comparison to the rest of the boat, but that little rudder determines the direction on which the boat goes. Guess what? We all have a rudder of our life. It's our tongue. Our tongue, your tongue is the rudder of your life. Your tongue sets the direction on which direction you go. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. God's words can be heard and seen and carried out. Heard and seen and carried out. Go to Luke 2.20 for me, or with me. Go to Luke 2.20. Glory to God. All right, I, I got to shift gears here after this. 
<laughs> We're going to shift into high gear. We're just in second right now. We're going to burn some rubber. Hallelujah. We're going to pump that clutch and put it into high gear and hit that gas. Luke 2.20. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was what? Told them. Glory to God. An angel spoke words. Go check out the baby. He even described the baby sitting in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes, right? They were able to identify the right location based on the words that were spoken because words are your coordinates to your destiny. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay? Oh, my goodness. Woo! Uh, let's go <laughs> to uh, Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Mm-mm-mm, this is high gear right now. Mark chapter 5. And uh, we're going to uh, go to... Uh, Verse 20, Mark 5, verse 20, all right? And he departed, this is talking about Jesus, and he began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. This is the man from Gadara, okay? What did he begin to do? He began to tell people about what Jesus did for him. He began to speak words about what Jesus did for him to other people. All right? He began to spread the gospel. How do you, what's the primary way to spread the gospel? Speaking words. There are other ways, but the way you live and, and everything, but, but primarily you speak words, okay? So guess what? Based on the, the message from the man who was possessed with legion, who's now free, people were into Jesus. Okay? Notice verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him. Say, much people. That was a direct result of the words that the man who was possessed was speaking. Okay? And he was near the sea. Behold, there come one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Last time Jesus was in that area, they were telling him to leave. Now he's got people coming to him and worshiping him. Okay? Verse 23, and he besought him greatly. How? What's the, what's the word after greatly? Saying. saying. Everybody say, say saying. saying. He was using words. His words needed a pathway to the health of his daughter. Okay? He said, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Okay, he identified the problem. He spent very little time on the problem and a lot more time on the solution. Okay, you want a pathway to health? Spend more time on the solution than the problem. Stop claiming the sickness or the disease as yours. Okay? Sickness doesn't come from God. You know, 
It is in the world because we live in a cursed world. The world is cursed. There's sickness and disease in this world. But God, Jesus is the cure. Okay? So, okay, he identified the problem. My daughter lies at the point of death. Now, here's the solution. I pray you. I ask you. I request. Come. Okay? He's, he's inviting Jesus to come. Lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Everybody say, she shall live. I want you to notice that last point. Okay? Come, lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. He didn't say she might live. He didn't say, she, you know, I hope she lives. He said, she shall live. Okay? Now, and Jesus went with him. What pleases Jesus? Faith. So what Jerry has said must have been in faith. Okay? Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have gone with them. Right? And much people followed him and thronged him. Thronging is this. Oh, I touched Jesus. I'm never going to wash his hand again. <laughs> so here they are. They're, Jesus is going with Jairus based on what he said. And they're going to his house so that Jesus can lay his hands on her so that she can be healed so that she can live. Okay? Verse 25, a certain woman which had an issue of blood, 12 years, long time to deal with something, okay, and suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. Now, if you spent all your money, all that you had, and it didn't change the situation. It made it worse. Your outlook on life is probably going to be negative. Right? You're probably going to be on the verge of losing hope. You're probably going to uh, be like, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm tired of this. You know, you know, how, you know how people get. So, um, but something changed in verse 27. When she had heard of the word, she had heard of Jesus. Someone, she heard someone talk about what Jesus did for them. She heard a testimony of how Jesus healed someone. We don't know who. We don't know where she was when she heard it. But the Bible is very clear. She heard of Jesus. Okay? Hallelujah. And uh, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind. How, how willing are you to press into him? You have to understand, this woman is in a weakened state, and she's pressing in. Right? She doesn't feel like pressing in, but she's pressing in. How many know we got to have a press-in mentality? Why? You've been given a press pass. So you might as well press in. All right? Okay? 
Verse 28, for she what? She said she was creating a pathway to her healing. Her healing was in a location. Her healing was at Jesus. So now she's setting the coordinates to get there. Okay? She said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be what? Everybody say shall be. When you use the word shall, that means it can't go any other way. Now, did she pray about this? Bible doesn't say it. So she set the parameters for how she was going to be healed. Everybody say she. If you want to get healed, maybe you need to set some parameters. Do something that you can believe in. Or uh, take action that you can uh, believe. Amen? Her action was, if I touch his clothes, I shall be. If I touch his clothes, I shall be. So when you make that statement, guess what? you got to touch his clothes. Because faith and what you say need to agree. What you do and what you say when it comes to faith need to come in line. They need to be in harmony. They need to be in agreement. You can't say one thing and do another thing. And straightway the fountain of her uh, blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press. (laughs) And said, who touched my clothes? Now, she's in a position, okay, because there was a process by which someone in her condition had to go through to be announced clean. Prior to this, her situation was she was labeled unclean. She wasn't even supposed to be in public. And all she did was touch someone's garment, but it wasn't just someone, it was Jesus, Right? And uh, now, who touched my clothes? Now she's got to come clean. She was hiding. She kind of did this on her own. But now, uh, power went out of Jesus. Okay? And it was related directly to what she said. Okay? And his disciples said unto him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? They were puzzled. Okay? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him, told him what? See, speaking truth is a coordinate to your destiny. She said how she was going to get healed. And now she had to speak the truth about how she was healed. And he said, daughter, my great power has made you whole. Is that what he said? What made her whole? Everybody say her faith. Say her faith made her whole. Say if her faith can make her whole, then my faith can make me whole. Say it again. Say, if her faith can make her whole, then my faith can make me whole. 
Amen? Well, faith is having, believing in your heart and speaking with your mouth. Okay? All right. Let's read on. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. She was whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Okay? While he yet spoke, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house a certain person which said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble you the master any further? Okay, now the condition, the circumstance has changed. When he came to Jesus, his daughter wasn't dead yet. But now she is dead. Should you just give up? No, he said something. He made a bold statement. Come, lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. She shall live. All right? Okay? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken. Okay? You know what's great? When you can filter everything that you're told through the word. Right? Jarius had a filter. He had the word with him. So th- there was a report given, but he filtered it through the word. All right? So the word heard what was said. And the word spoke to Jarius and said, number one, be not afraid. Number two, only believe. You can't believe and be afraid at the same time. Everybody say, don't be, don't be afraid. Right? Don't give in to fear. Yeah, the circumstances changed, but faith hasn't. The circumstances changed, but God's word hasn't. Right? Okay? So, the word encouraged Jairus. Be not afraid, only believe. Alright? So, the Bible doesn't record Jairus saying anything, because he didn't say anything. Guess what? He had already said it. She shall live. See, the end result is, no matter what happens, she's going to live. That's the end result. Because that's what the Word agreed with him on. See, once again, okay, he set the parameters. Now, the woman said, if I touch his clothes. So she did, and she was made whole. But Jairus, his situation is different. He asked Jesus to come, lay his hands on her, so that she may be healed, and she shall live. Different, different thing, right? Different um, uh, parameters, okay? So, they got to the house... And he, he told no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he saw the tumult or the, uh, the c- commotion. Okay? What was the commotion? Everybody was wailing the death. There was an atmosphere of mourning and sorrow and grief. Because this 12-year-old girl had died, okay? How are you going to change the atmosphere? And when he was come in, he said unto them, Why make this ado and weep? The damsel's not dead, but she's sleeping. He changed the focus from being on death 
to life. How did he do it? With his words. Because words are your coordinates to your destiny. The destiny is she shall live. That's the destiny. That's the point, right? If you were, if you were to locate on the map, the map shows uh, L5 and, and Z6, she shall live. That's the point on the map. That's the location, okay? But your words got to get there. It's the words that get you there. So Jesus walks in, everybody's mourning. He, he had heard the report. Your do- he heard the report. Your daughter's dead. He walks in. She's not dead. She's sleeping. Okay? Come on. You've got to be bold with your faith. Faith doesn't flinch. Faith is not moved by what it sees. Faith is not moved by the opinion of others. Because faith knows the end result. Jairus knew. Jesus knew. End result. She lives. So he walks in. I love this. She's not dead. That takes some gumption. Amen? And, and you've got to be strong because when you do stuff like that, it's not going to make sense to the world. The world's going to be like, huh? So they're, they're going to put up resistance. And they laughed him to scorn. Now, would you be able to speak in faith and have people laugh at you? Do you believe God's word enough that when you make a statement of faith, when you know that it's in line with God's word, that the world may laugh at you? Can you handle it? Not everybody could. They, they're laughing at Jesus. They laughed. The Bible says they laughed him to scorn. I find it fascinating. They went from crying to laughing like that. I mean, that's amazing. Wow. But when he had put them all out, who gave him the authority to put them all out? Jarius, because it's his house. He gave Jesus the authority to come by an invitation to his house. So Jesus had the authority to put everybody out. Listen, when the world mocks you, put them out. Amen? And he took the father and the mother of the girl. And they that were with him, Peter, James, and John. So you got five people. Well, six including Jesus, right? You got Jairus and his wife. And you got Peter, James, and John. They, they, out of all the disciples, they got to go to places that the others didn't get to go. Okay? That was Jesus' inner circle. Okay? And uh, he entered in where the girl was lying. Lifeless. Not breathing. Just there. And he took the girl by the hand. Isn't that what Jairus said? Lay your hands on her. So Jesus had to touch her because Jairus said, touch her. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Are you getting this? Jesus did what Jairus said to the T. And he said unto her, glory to God, 
miracles coming word, Talithakutai, which is interpreted, damsel, I say to you, arise. Hallelujah. And straightway the girl arose. Just like Jerry said, lay your hands on her, she'll be healed and she shall live. They arrived at the destination. Because the words were the coordinates. They had to get there with words. Jarius' words, Jarius' words had to employ the word on his behalf. And the word was with Jarius. And they were walking together, right? Can two walk together unless they be in agreement? And they walked into that house. And, and the people were carrying on. And the word spoke. She's sleeping. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Get out. So he takes her by the hand, just like Jarius said. I'm saying that on purpose. Because I want you to see, your words are connected to your miracle. If you're speaking death words, there's not going to be a miracle. You can't have death words and have life. We know from from, uh, Numbers 13 and 14. There was a group of people that spoke death, 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 death. All they said was death. Guess what? That's what they got. God gave them what they said. Two had a good report. Ten had an evil report. And the majority went with the evil report. Okay? And they got, they were the ones that said death. Not God. God said, I'm I'm bringing you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay? So straightway, verse 42, the girl arose and walked, for she was the age of 12 years old. And they were astonished with great astonishment. Probably Jarius wasn't because the others probably were, but Jarius wasn't because he, he was the one that kept his faith. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given to her to eat. You know, healing makes you hungry. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So, um, but I want you to see, this is a powerful example about two people that said something very specific, but they got what they said. Amen? Amen. And if you want God's healing power, start calling yourself whole. Say, I shall be healed. Amen? Now, I want you to notice that the woman with the issue of blood did not schedule her healing ahead of time. She did not say, Jesus, I would like to be healed on Tuesday of next week. Okay? She actually interrupted Jesus going to Jairus' house. Right? Because her faith accelerated the time frame. And because faith operates in now. Faith doesn't operate next Tuesday. The Bible doesn't say next Tuesday faith is. Right? Faith is now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay? So how quickly can you get into the now? How quickly can you get into the moment? Amen? You may have walked in here tonight having a bad day. 
how quickly can you have joy? Amen? You don't have to wait any longer. You came to a place that floods the atmosphere with worship and the Word. Amen? And whenever the worship and the Word are flowing, God's power is here. Amen? And if you need a touch in your body tonight, maybe you're weak and you need strength. Maybe you have uh, your, your, your body's fighting something, you know. Uh, you don't have to fight. You just have to get the victory. The coordinates is the victory, right? The coordinates is wholeness, right? But you use your words to get there. Thank you, Lord, that I am healed. Thank you, Lord, that you are the healer. Thank you, Lord, that there's healing power in this very atmosphere right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that there is joy unspeakable and full of glory in this atmosphere right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See, you got to start stirring up your heart and stirring up your mind, right? And your words have to agree with God's words. Glory to God. Anyone who ever came to Jesus for healing, he never said, come back tomorrow. I'm booked. He never said that. He, 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 wherever faith was, that's where he operated. Amen. He's going to Jerry's house because Jerry's is in faith. And the woman comes to him in faith. And there's enough power to heal her. And there's enough power to raise his daughter. And Jesus didn't even, uh, lose a drop. Right? The meter didn't even go down a little. Why? Because wherever faith is, there's power to do something. That faith needs done. Amen? But our words are the coordinates to our destiny. Our words have to come in line with his words, and we have to speak his words out of our mouth. Right? How did God instruct Joshua for impenetrable walls to fall. Walk around. Don't say anything for six days. Then on the seventh day, walk around seven times. But on that seventh time, you got to use your mouth. And you got to shout. Blow the trumpet and shout. Right? See, that's what God told him to do. So if he tried to use a battering ram, that battering ram would have broke and the walls would have been staying up. See, because he had to do it the way God said it. Because that's you come into agreement with God's word. You don't agree with how you feel. You don't agree with what the doctor says. I don't care if he's an expert. Praise God. I'm not against doctors, but he's not the great physician. Amen? Doctors still practice, but Jesus heals. There's no doctor on the planet that heals. When you break a bone and you go to the doctor, he doesn't heal your bone. He just sets it and wraps it, and the bone heals itself. Amen? Doctors help the healing process, but they're not the healer. But we got Jesus. He's the healer. Amen? And if you're here tonight and you need healing in your body, I want you to come with the attitude that says, I'm 